we have all, we've all seen it, right? We've all, we've all seen it, all right? We've all seen that movie where the fair maiden meets Prince Charming and they immediately fall in love and they realize that they are going to get married and they live happily ever after. Or we've seen, we've seen that movie with the country boy Noah and the rich girl Allie who fall in love, madly in love, and they grow old together, and at the end, they die together in that hospital bed. So romantic. Or we've seen, we've seen that movie where the girl Bella falls in love with her vampire, Edward, and they realize that they were meant to be together forever, and against all odds, they marry each other, and they have a half-vampire baby, and then they live forever happily in immortality. We've all seen the movie. We've all seen that particular scene. You girls are swooning. Your heart is melting, even as you think about that. The guys in the room are like, that's stupid. But we've all seen it. Now here's, we might laugh and joke and all that kind of stuff, but the truth is, for all of us, I would say, that's something that we all want. We all want to find our Prince Charming or our fair maiden who we feel like we're going to live happily ever after with and they're going to complete us and it's going to be the best thing ever. We all want that, right? This is a big deal. In fact, I would say that probably the thing that a lot of you guys as high schoolers think more about than anything else is just relationships, dating, marriage, right? For a lot of you guys, that's all you think about. And I know this because I, I see your Twitter posts. I know what you put out there on social media. For some of us, it's all we think about. Now, there may be some of us who we're not all into that. You know, we, we try not to get into the whole relationship thing. But it's hard. We feel the pressure. We feel the pressure to get into a relationship, to try to fall in love, to try to find that person. And no matter how much we try to push up against that and, and resist that, I mean, it's tough for us sometimes, even if, if we don't want to get into that, because there is pressure. There is, we almost feel like an outcast if we're not seeking out a relationship, if we're not trying to find that person. There are even teenage dating websites now, all right? And I'm not going to ask how many of you guys have, have signed up and put a profile out there. But listen, there are sites like my LOL, Chat Pit, and Flexbox, which sounds like completely made-up words, that are designed specifically for teenagers to meet other teenagers online, to flirt with each other, and hopefully to push them into a dating relationship. Now, think about that. Like, how much, how much pressure is that? That if you guys as teenagers don't already have enough to worry about and to think about, 
Now, all of a sudden, you're being pushed out into a dating relationship to find your significant other, to try to seek out that person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with as a 15-year-old, and you're sitting here going, man, I, I'm overwhelmed. If you don't have enough to worry about, now you're getting all of these dating websites and all this other stuff pushed at you, which is enough to make adults have nervous breakdowns. And it's stuff like that, which is why polls and stats and things like that are now showing that teenagers are nowadays have more stress in their life than most adults. But all of that stress, all of that worry, all of that attention and focus on relationships is all because of one thing. We want to find the one. We want to find the one. We want to find that person, our soulmate, that individual who's out there floating somewhere. And we ask ourselves questions, man, you know, do I know them yet? Have I met them? Are they in my life? What are they doing right now at this moment? You know, how many of you guys have ever thought, like, what, I wonder what my spouse is doing right now? Yeah, see? You guys, the rest of you are lying. But we think about that. We want to find that one person. We want to find that significant other that's going to make our life successful, right? That is the Hollywood, and we dream of that scene where we're going to look across the room and our eyes are going to meet and we're going to instantly just have this feeling where we're going to know, we can't explain it, but we just know there it is. That's the one for me, right? Cue the Hollywood music, all of that kind of stuff. It's what we dream about. That's what we want for our lives. We want to find the one. When, uh, when I was younger, I thought I had found the one. All right, I thought I'd found her. And it was one of those moments. We looked across the room at each other, and our eyes met. And it was an instant connection, like, there she is. And she's thinking, there he is. And it was like, this is it. There, that, this is the person that I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with. And so I mustered up the courage, and I walked across the room to her. And I said, excuse me, I just have one question for you. Will you marry me? And she looked back up at me with her eyes all fluttering, all weird. It wasn't a twitch. They were fluttering. And she said, yes. And we were so excited. We're going to get married. This is amazing. We found the one. We don't have to search anymore. Like, we, this is it. It's over with. This is the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And we were so excited. I specifically was so excited. I didn't even know how to respond, how to really contain my excitement. So I reached out to her, and what, the only thing I knew how to do, and I grabbed her head, and I slammed it up against the counter. And then, and then she started crying. And she got up and she walked over and told the teacher. And our kindergarten teacher came over and grabbed me by the ear and took me to the principal's office. And I was so sure that I had found the one. And yet we both realized in that moment that, you know what, this isn't going to work out. And I have no idea what she's doing today. Hopefully her head's healed up. But is, is there one person out there for us? Is there an individual 
that God has created that is a perfect match for us, that is meant to meet our every need, that is meant to satisfy us, that is meant to complete us for us to live happily ever after? Or is this something that we've kind of made up? Is this something that we've dreamed up of ourselves because we've seen the Hollywood movies? So this series we're in called The One is kind of talking about that. Dating, relationships, is there one person? What does this look like? And hopefully over the next few weeks, we'll be able to give a a lot of wisdom, give you guys a chance to talk through things. We're going to answer a lot of your guys' questions that you have. We're going to allow you you girls to ask questions of the guys, guys you to ask questions of the girls, for the purpose of trying to hopefully gain some wisdom so that we don't screw this whole thing up. Because again, this is a big deal. This is something that all of us want to know the answer to, and we want to find that person. So what we're going to do tonight is I want to give you three things. Call them nuggets of wisdom, truths, whatever you want to call them. But just three things I want you guys that hopefully will kind of point us in the right direction about this whole thing, about relationships. So here's the first thing I want to challenge you guys with tonight. Don't look for the one, but to the one. All right? Don't look for, air quotes, the one but rather look to the one. Now, here's what makes it tough about this whole dating thing. Is that the Bible doesn't really talk specifically at all about dating. I mean, God doesn't have a section or a chapter or a verse or anything that has to do with, hey, when you're dating, here's the kind of guy you should date. Or here's what you should do. I mean, God, God talks in the Bible a lot about marriage and gives us a lot of wisdom and a lot of direction in terms of marriage. But dating is such a cultural thing that there's not a lot of things that, there's not anything that's specifically mentioned in the Bible about dating. But even though Jesus isn't clear about dating, he's very clear about one thing. That we should love him first and others second. In fact, I think this is probably where we we may need to just park and start off tonight. That maybe for a lot of us, this this is the thing. Regardless of whether it's relationships or other stuff that we're talking about, this is the thing that we've got to make sure that we get right. To be able for us to ask ourselves a question, if Jesus is clear that he wants us to love him first and other people second, then the question for us to ask ourselves is, do I love Jesus more than that relationship? Do I find more value or more contentment in him than I do in that guy or that girl? Because for all of us, the journey towards a happy and successful marriage begins there. It's got to start there in terms of answering that question, be able to talk through that. So what I want to do is give, give you the main point kind of up front, and then we'll, t- we'll talk about that a little bit more. Here's the main point for us. Our search for the one to marry isn't necessary until God is the one that we're after. Our search for the one to marry isn't necessary until God is the one that we're after. Now, let me be clear. This isn't some weird, like, only date Jesus kind of thing, all right? All right, that excuse sometimes that you give to that person when you break up with them, I just, I need to date Jesus for a period of time, which is really you just don't have the guts to break up with them and tell them that you're not attracted to them anymore, all right? 
So this isn't, this isn't some weird thing like, hey, I'm, I'm dating Jesus right now, and everybody's like, what the heck does that even mean? All right, that's not what I'm, what I'm talking about here. What I am talking about is that we make sure that we have our priorities straight. We make sure that we have our life lined up and prioritize the way that it, it is supposed to be. Because just like anything else, if dating has become more important to you than God, then you need to take a break from it. And this goes with anything. If there is something that has become more significant or value to you, valuable to you in your life than your relationship with God, then you need to take a break from it. It might be sports. It might be school. Good luck with that with mom and dad. It might be other things. It might be relationship. But if those things have become more important to us, then we need to take a break. Because as long as you and I are putting all of our attention and all of our focus into relationships and making that the priority, then in a lot of ways, we will continue to spin our wheels. We'll continue to be frustrated. We'll continue to be be frustrated with, with what's happening. It's only when we chase after God above all else that we end up gaining traction. In fact, in Matthew 6.33, Jesus is talking and he says, seek God's kingdom, seek my kingdom above all else. Live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So Jesus warns us and he tells us, look, in whatever, whatever area of your life, whatever thing it is, make sure that you seek the kingdom of God, you seek me, you make me the foundation of your life. You make me the priority. You make me the center. And when you seek after me, when you prioritize your relationship with me, then I will provide those other things. Those other things will happen. It's almost like a domino effect. When we get that right, then everything else will fall in line. If we get that wrong, then it will cause a lot of pain and a lot of heartache in our life. And either we choose the pain and the heartache because we feel like we're going to put this relationship first and we're going to make that the priority. Or we choose to make God the priority. And when we do that, God promises that it leads to life. And we experience life in relationships and in dating and ultimately in marriage when God is the one that we're after. Now, here's, the, here's one of the problems with the whole searching for the one thing. Here's, here's the problem with that. What we're saying, and what it ends up doing, is we're, it creates a mindset that believes that we're incomplete. Like we're a bunch of half people that are walking around, and it's not until we find that other person, you know, that soulmate, that, that the one, that individual, the perfect person, we meet and we fall in love, and then he completes me. Or she completes me. And until then, we're a bunch of like half weird, half people walking around that are incomplete people without that. And not only does that set up very wrong and unfair expectations for whatever relationship you're getting into, but it's not biblical. That's not what God says. Because God is the only one who completes us, not a person. God is the only one who defines us and who gives us value, not a relationship. See, I think the danger for so many of us in relationships as high school students 
is that we allow those relationships to give us value and significance. We allow those relationships to become our identity. And we know those individuals, and maybe they're in the room who, man, they cannot survive two seconds without being in a relationship. Because somehow they haven't, for a lot of us, we haven't figured out our identity and who we are. And there's all these questions that we're wrestling with. And because we haven't figured a lot of that stuff out, we look at relationships and we feel like, well, maybe this will do it for me. Maybe this will give me value. Maybe this will give me significance. And so we put all of our effort and focus into that relationship. And if that relationship's going well, then everything seems okay. But if that relationship falls apart, if that guy cheats on us, or if that girl breaks our heart, then all of a sudden... It's not just a relationship that we've got to get over and figure out how we're going to move, move on. Everything has fallen apart for us. Our significance, our value, our identity, who we are, everything has been tied up in that relationship. And it's unfair for us to put all of our value and our identity and our significance into one person. And that's not the way that God has created us to be. If we're to build a relationship on the foundations of our own securities, insecurities, what's going to end up happening is we're going to make that relationship into an idol. And something that was given to us by God for a great thing to, you know, give us, you know, happiness and pleasure and all that kind of stuff and, and to benefit our life. Now, all of a sudden, we've put that thing on a pedestal and we worship it. And it becomes the most significant thing. It becomes the only thing we think about. It becomes everything that we're invested in. And we expect imperfect people to be the perfect fit for us. And think about how messed up that is for us to expect any individual who is imperfect to be the perfect person for us. No one can fulfill those expectations. Jesus is the only one that can do that for us. Philippians 4.19, here's what Paul says. He says, my God will use his wonderful riches in Christ Jesus to give you everything you need. So there's multiple times there in, in the Bible where Jesus is saying, look, I will give you everything you need. If you will make me the most important thing, if you will seek after me, if you will find your hope and your value and your significance and your identity in me and who I've said that you are and created you to be, then I will provide everything that you need. That, all that worry about that relationship and that individual and who you're going to spend the rest of your life with, don't worry about that stuff. I will bring that person along. I will meet those needs and those things in your life. But you seek after me. And here's the thing, but we can, we can, for the next few weeks, can talk about all these relational issues and these things that you guys are dealing with, but until we get this right, we will, we will continue to flounder through relationship after relationship, through failure after failure, and we will experience a lot of pain and a lot of heartache in our life. We've got to make sure that we get this right. We've got to make sure that we're seeking after the one. Here's the second thing for us. We simply have a plan. We have a plan, all right, which seems very general, very basic, very vague. A lot of us, we get into a lot of trouble in relationships because we have no plan. We have no plan for what we want to accomplish. We have no plan for what we want this to to look like, the kind of person that we want to be with. I mean, we have no idea about any of us. 
And we, we, we make a mess of this because we jump into a relationship with the first person that shows us a little bit of attention. We may have nothing in common with that individual, but we're like, it doesn't matter. He's hot or she's good looking or whatever, so who cares, right? And then we spend all, you know, put all of our attention and focus in this thing because they've shown us a little bit of attention or because they've given us, they've met some of the needs that we have. Did you guys know that there are 2%, all right, recent, recent studies showed that only 2% of new marriages were from high school sweethearts, all right, 2%. So I'm not trying to bum anybody out, but statistically, I sound like a nerd, statistically, statistically, you guys, the odds are against you guys that whatever relationship that you're in right now or whatever relationship you want to be with the other person that's in the room tonight or at your school the odds are against you that that is going to be the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. All right? Now, look, don't turn to your boyfriend or girlfriend and be like, Todd said we're never going to make it. All right? All right? That's not what I'm saying. All right? I'm not trying to bum you out. I know some of you guys are in a relationship. It looks like a great relationship. God bless you. That's awesome. All right? I'm not trying to bum you guys out. I'm just saying that's the reality of it. And what a shame is it for so many of us that maybe three, four, five years down the road, we're going to look back and go, man, why did I put so much pressure on my life? Why did I experience so much pain and so much heartache and I put so much attention and effort into that relationship? And now three, four years from now, in a lot of cases, I'm not even with that individual anymore. Like for us to be able to see kind of long term and go, you know what, maybe it's not worth it. But I do want to encourage you with this, and the reason I brought that, that stat up is that you're your chances go up if you've got a plan and you've got your priorities straight. Now, there are many high schoolers who probably, and I'm not saying all high school students shouldn't, but there's a lot of high school students that probably shouldn't date. All right? Now, I'm not making a blanket statement. I'm not saying everybody in the room should never date in high school. All right? So don't go home and tell mom or get mad at me because that's what I said. All right? But a lot of high school students probably shouldn't date. And again, it comes back to the whole stress level. You guys already have so much, so many things to worry about, so many things that are on your mind, so much to stress over. That this could be one of those areas of your life where you choose just to have a lot of fun, to have a lot of friends, to not allow yourself to be, to be overwhelmed and stressed out by some kind of relationship with that individual that may or may not pan out. So maybe a lot of you shouldn't date, but all of you should have a plan. All of you should have a plan. Now, here's what I mean by that. What kind of person do I want to spend the rest of my life with? To have a plan, to come up, begin to ask yourself those questions. What does it look like? What is my ideal spouse? If I'm going to spend the rest of my life with a person, what do I want them to be? Now, again, you're not trying to create this unfair, like, perfect guy, perfect girl that, you know, is impossible for anybody to live up to, all right? Be realistic. But for you to be able to have an idea, man, here's what I'm looking for in a guy, or here's what I'm looking for in a girl. Here are the things that are important to me, and I want them to be important to, 
to my spouse too. Here's some things that I enjoy. Here's some things that I want to be able to share in common with this individual. That you guys begin to ask yourself those questions and come up with those things to say, hey, if I'm putting together the, the, the kind of guy or the kind of girl that I'm looking for, this is who they are. And then as you come up with that list of what that looks like, you don't date other people. If, if you've come up with this is the kind of person that I'm looking for, then don't date the next individual that shows up in your life and shows you attention when they don't meet any of those qualifications. You guys have a plan and you stick to it. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm interested in. I'll give you an idea. For me in high school, I hated when girls played games. All right? Now, I know that's like in and some of you girls, you love to do that. Some of you guys, you love it when girls do it. But for me, I hated that. All right? And I, I, even in high school and especially when I got into college, like I knew the kind of girl that I wanted and I knew what I was looking for. And one of those things was a girl that doesn't mess around. Like in, 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 in terms of, <laughs> let me backtrack. Is this thing on? In, in terms of, you know, do, does she like me? Does she not? You know, she's playing this tug of war, these games or whatever. And, I'm, and, and when a girl would come along and, and be like, hey, this is a cool girl or whatever. And then we start hanging out and she would start doing that. I'm like, what is this? Like, this is ridiculous. And, and I would move on because I didn't have time for that because it didn't line up with kind of what I was looking for. So you guys figure out and, and pray through those things. God, what is it that you, what is the, the kind of person that you want me to spend the rest of my life with? What does that individual look like? God, what's important to you? What should I value? What should I prioritize in my life? What does it look like? What does it matter? Now, there's, there's a lot of you guys in the questions that you've already submitted. You asked, yourself, you asked us this question. Is it wrong to date a non-believer? Is it wrong to date a non-believer? All right? And that's a popular question and all that kind of stuff. And, and I love the honesty in that and, and you guys asking those kind of questions. The Bible is very clear that the person that we marry should be a believer, a follower of Jesus. So if part of the reason why we date is to find that person that we're going to marry, then the people that we date should also be a follower of Jesus. But it's, it's deeper than that, all right? Because I know some of us are like, hey, I met this guy, and he's really cute, and we started dating, and I said, hey, you, go to, you love Jesus, right? And he's like, uh, sure, yeah, I love Jesus. And he's like, cool, all right, cool, then we can date. You know, and that's, that's the extent of it. Like, well, yeah, he went to church before, or he's come, to me one, come with me once, or yeah, she, you know, she, I think she believes in Jesus. At least she has a cross around her neck. And so we feel like that's enough. But it's more than that. It's more significant than that. It's finding the kind of person that, that is ultimately going to push us closer to Jesus. Find the kind of person, seek after the kind of person that loves Jesus more than we do. That it's not going to be somebody that we're going to constantly, hey, you should make this important. Hey, this is kind of a big deal. Hey, you, you should come with me to this. But rather is pushing us closer to Jesus, is encouraging us to become more like him. Now, what that means is that some of us need to stop taking on rescue projects. All right? Some of us, and we justify in our mind, hey, I'm going to date this girl, and she's, she doesn't believe in Jesus. Um, she doesn't really give a rip about God, but, but I'm going to change her. You know, I mean, she's super hot, which is always the case. And, um, and I'm, I'm going to change her. Like, I'm going to be the one to bring her to Jesus, and it's going to be awesome. 
And I love the fact that we want to be on a rescue mission to reach people and rescue people. And that's who we should be. That's what we should do. But it doesn't mean that you should date them. All right, don't date a rescue project, whether it's a guy or a girl. You, if, as you're putting together, what is, what's the plan? What's the list? What does this look like? Make sure that you're seeking after a guy that is, or a girl that's passionate about Jesus so that you guys have a plan. Here's the third thing. Great marriages are formed, not found. As you guys are looking ahead to marriage and whatever that looks like, Great marriages are formed, they're not found, all right? Which, again, is a reason why the whole, the one, because we look to this individual that I don't even have to do anything, like they're going to kind of float into my life like a butterfly, and it's going to be amazing, and then we're going to get married, and I won't even have to work at it. It's going to be so perfect. We're going to just lay around together and just stare in each other's eyes and snuggle, and it's going to be amazing and perfect, and, the, and a dream come true, and it won't require any work or effort. And what I, what I want to make sure that we understand tonight is that marriage takes an insane amount of work. It is not just something that we luck ourselves into a great marriage. All right? It is something that we work for. You don't just find a great marriage. You make a great marriage. You work towards it. You fight for it. If you guys are just waiting around for someone to come sweep you off your feet and meet all of your selfish expectations and to complete you, then you are going to be very disappointed with your marriage one day. Or if that's your expectation in whatever dating relationship you're in right now, then you're going to be very disappointed in that relationship. Because dating relationships and marriage takes an incredible amount of work, and it is worth it. It is worth every ounce of work and effort. It is an amazing thing, and God has given to us, and God takes it very seriously. In fact, in Matthew 19, Jesus is talking about it, and he says, Haven't you read the scriptures? They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female, and he said, This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. So Jesus here talks about the significance of marriage. And maybe this is partly where we get the whole you complete me thing and the one because Jesus is talking about two becoming one. But Jesus isn't talking about two incomplete people becoming one complete person. Jesus is talking about two people coming together and being unified in a covenant, in a marriage relationship in a commitment to each other and for each other. And it's something that God takes very seriously. And if God takes it seriously, then we should as well. And what that means is that we're going to make sure that whatever relationship we're getting ourselves into, and as we're thinking long-term about that marriage relationship that we want to get into one day, that we make sure that we are fully committed to doing everything that we can to make it work. It takes so much effort and so much work. And here's the thing for us. If we are really going to be people who experience what God desires and has set up for us to experience, to marry an individual and spend the rest of our lives with that person, 
then we've got to be willing to work at it. It's never going to happen accidentally. It's going to have to be something that we enter into fully committed and giving ourselves to. Because there is a culture that says, you know what, if it doesn't work, it doesn't really matter. Sign a five-year contract. You know, you guys work, do, do the best you can. And if, you know, 10 years from now you realize, you know what, we're not, we don't really love each other anymore, then it's no big deal. And there's a culture who is constantly trying to minimize the value and the importance of marriage. And there is an enemy out there who will do anything and everything that he possibly can do to rip our marriages apart. And if we're people that say at the first sign of trouble or at the first moment where we feel the enemy is trying to rip us apart and we go, you know what, I'm just going to give in, then we're never going to experience the kind of marriage that God has set us up to experience, that he's given to us. It's going to happen because we look at the other person and we say, you know what, no matter what, I am committed to you. I am in this 100%, and I'm going to fight for this with every single ounce in my body. I'm going to love you like Jesus loves the church. I'm going to fight for you, and I'm going to serve you above myself. And rather than it being this selfish thing that we get into because we've got all of these needs that we want the other person to fulfill and to give of ourselves like Jesus has given us. See, that's the way that marriage was set up for us to experience and to live in. So we've got to make sure that we don't look for the one, but to the one. We've got to have a plan. And then we've got to understand as well that great marriages are formed. They, they don't, they're not found. They don't happen accidentally. Now, over the next couple of weeks, we're going, to, we're going to dive into it. We're going to um, give you guys a chance to ask some questions. We're going to answer some specifics. But again, it comes back to what I said at the beginning. If we don't get this right in terms of who we are and our value and our significance... If we don't look to God and seek him as the one, rather than looking for an individual to complete us or to be that one person for us, then we're doomed from the start. The only way that we experience the value and the significance of dating and relationships and marriage is when God is the one that we're after. And as we, as we talked about a few minutes ago, as we sung about, in everything that we do, it always comes back to Jesus. And the question for us tonight, and as you guys go to your groups and you talk about this, is, is Jesus really the center of my life? Have I really made that relationship with that individual, have I made that the most significant thing? And maybe it means tonight for us as we're talking through things that we need to reprioritize, we need to confess some things, we need to make sure that we shift around some things in our life because we cannot get this wrong. But if we, Jesus says, if you will seek my kingdom above all else, if you will live righteously, I will give you everything that you need. And you won't have to worry about the one and where, how am I going to find them and all that kind of stuff. As you have a plan, as you're seeking after God, then God will reveal those things to you and give you everything that you need along the way. Let's pray. God, thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for the, uh, the students who are here. God, I thank you for, um, God, just who you are. 
God, I know tonight that we walk in the room with a lot of needs, with a lot of insecurities, with a lot of, of shortcomings and failures, with a lot of stress on our minds. And God, we thank you that you are bigger than all of that. God, I pray that more than just finding the right guy or the right girl, God, I pray that more important than anything else, that you would be the one that we're after. That you would be the one that we seek. That you would be the foundation and the centerpiece of our lives. God, if there are students in the room tonight who have not made that the priority, God, I pray that you would, as we go to groups, that you would allow them, give them the wisdom and the grace and the strength they need to change that and to confess that. And God, I pray over the next couple weeks as we talk about specific dating issues and relationships and things like that, God, I pray that you would help us to, to understand your heart and your truth for us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.